You're listening to 101 with Tommy Zam. On the 58th episode, we sit down with Oscar Jordan for round two, talking about skateboarding and life. Let's do this. What's up, OJ? How you doing? Chilling, chilling, man. You already know, man. Same life shit, different day. I hear you, man. Hey, it's round two to TKO knockout round, dude. Yeah, that boy. You ready to do this? I'm always ready. I'm born ready, man. All right, let's knock these fools out with these uh, these questions and answers, man. Let's get into it, man. Knock out these questions. Hell yeah. So so going back, you know, because you know what I'm gonna let the viewers know that we did a round one. And you can go back in previous watch. I think it was like episode 50 something. I can't remember the exact exact fifth episode. But you can go back and check it out. But when we left um, that the last episode, we were talking about the Steve Barra incident and stuff. And I noticed that um, you know some people posted reposted that uh, that was a pack of a Thrasher thing of you and Mar- uh, you and Steve Barra fighting and stuff like that. So yeah, that was that was it. It was actually in slap. Yeah. Oh, slap. That's what it was. Slap. Sorry, I thought it was Thrasher. My bad. It's on that one. Um, but yeah, Lance Dawes actually took the photo too. It was in slap, and it was a double page photo in slap. And nah, it, we talked about it a little bit. I mean, um, and then someone recently posted about it again. It was funny. I mean, I think you had posted it, a picture of it, and then Clyde went and posted it and tried to like make his own twist of the story or something like that, which was pretty funny. Yeah. But no, it's the whole premise of that was me being the youngest dude in the game at the time. And I was going through some bullying and people didn't really know where I came from. They were kind of underestimating, you know what I mean? Oh, he's from San Diego. They're thinking, you know what I mean? I'm probably from like PB or the nice part of San Diego, but you know what I'm saying? I had some shit going on at the time. And I actually, I I, I was like in ninth grade when that happened. When mm-hmm. I started on Familiar, I think I was almost, I was like, I was my son's age. I was 15 years old. And he was not, he was um 18 or 19 years old. He's 18 years old. So he's three years older than me. So, I mean, if you, if you want to twist the story anyway, it's him getting beat up. Being an 18 year old, getting beat up by a 15 year old would be the best way to look at it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, he, I, I went through some stuff at a previous contest a couple months earlier down in Texas where I had like people focus my board. It was like all the, cause I, I was supposed to ride it for world industries at one point and I didn't, I ended up passing up that and passing up possibly being an arm for plan B to, to turn pro for McGill. And I got vibe for that, for that. People thought that, you know what I mean? I just thought I was, you know what I mean? Thought I was like better thinking I was better than I was or something. I don't know what they thought, but that was me actually having to turn pro just because I was homeless. Like my, my family was homeless at the time, like before mm-hmm. I could even finish high school. My mom got, got sent off to jail. I was living with my grandma. And she ended up getting signed up for Section 8. She's on welfare and everything and got signed up. There's me, my little sister, my uncle had just passed away. And then my brother was in and out of jail, mm-hmm. living with my grandmother in like this super small ass one bedroom apartment. So it was at the point where, you know what I mean? I was like 
she was just trying to get me to stay in school so I could join the military or go off to school or do something. And skateboarding came along. And right when all that happened, you know what I mean? It was that's when I had just gotten on McGill and just started getting paid and shit. Mm-hmm. And I went traveling around. I'm traveling around by myself to contest as a little kid. And motherfuckers, this just shows you how lame the industry was that like dudes would pick on a, a kid just because I was small, thinking that they could get away with it. Because one time I let people get away with it. I was down in Texas by myself in Houston uh-huh. and shit. And like all the world dudes, like Jordan Richter, fucking um, it, like Rick Howard, Mike Carroll, all of them start fucking with me. I left my board out like or somewhere and they focused it. And Bo Turner ran up on ran up on me trying to fight me. And like that's the first time I ever backed down for a fight. So I had that fucking sticking in my head. I'm like, dude, I'm not used to like backing down from fights, dude. I'm from East Dago. Like, I'm fucking like, you know what I mean, certified young fucking gangster. Like, I'm I'm not used to this at all. So I had it out for him. I knew there was gonna be contests back in San Diego, and I'm just hoping to see some of these guys show up around my way. So I can mm-hmm. show them, you know what I mean, my neck of the woods. And so that was Encinitas contest or whatever. I, I showed up with a chip on my shoulder. So um, contrary to what Sal or um, or um, Clive, what's his face, wants to say that two kids that didn't want to fight getting in the fight, I wouldn't have started the fucking fight if I didn't want to fight them. Mm-hmm. The minute I heard them talking shit and getting smart and, and, and fucking lippy, getting lippy, he was the first victim and he, and I, I just, I, I admit it, dude. I went to that contest looking to fucking let people know that I'm not fucking around, dude. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? And, and, and whatever, that wasn't like my, my fucking dirtiest fight or whatever. That's probably the fucking most G rated fight I've ever been in, but there's been a whole lot after that. And they were not that fucking funny. I'll tell you that much. And I'm not trying to sell wolf tickets or nothing. It's just, People like to like comment and like it was cool that you ran the photo. I don't I don't like that like Clyde or whoever else wanted to like jump on the bandwagon and run it and try to twist the story. I don't yeah. know if it was just clout chasing trying to like you know what I mean, dick up to Steve Barrow or what he's trying to do, but good luck on that one. You know what I'm saying? But it just it just looked kind of funny the way he 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 tried to like twist it, you know. And and do you think do you think the industry you know, like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm just, just my, but from what you're telling me, what you told me in round one and what you tell me now, do you feel the industry still looks at you that same way? Or do you, do you think they, they respect you? I don't really, I've never really looked inside the industry to like give it much thought. I mean, I'm kind of like, I've turned my back to the industry years ago. That's why I started juice boards. I figured, you know what I mean? Let me just start my own bubble, my own little vortex. That way I can just fucking survive in that for good. You know what I mean? And I don't have to worry. That way I don't even really have to worry about what's going on in the industry. Um, I, I kind of like how um, these what these young kids are doing and how they're not even in, they're not even into the gossip. It's a lot of the old guys that are fucking should even be on Instagram that are on there talking shit and, trying to keep people from pot prospering and their little social circles and bullshit and whatnot. You know what I mean? All they're trying to do is get on there and, and affect other people's opportunities. They get mad if they see that you're doing a little board situation, or maybe you want to try to get a job with a company or some shit like that. 
and they'll go and bring up some dumb shit from the past that they don't even know about or something to try to make you look bad. People just want something to talk about. And they, you know what I mean? I, I've never really, you know what I mean? I, I know what I've done or whatnot. And I know that, you know what I mean? Uh, what, you know what I mean? A lot has been overlooked and whatnot, but I mean, I'm, I know my body of work and anybody that means anything to me, they also know that. So that, that's, that's the way I look at it. Oh yeah. That's, that's true, man. I mean, you shouldn't, you know, the, I mean, honestly, the industry is, is, is people who I call is the cool guy club. You know what I mean? If you're not part of this club, then. Yeah. Then, it's like, you got to have like, talk shit about you, you know, you have to have a certain amount of, amount of followers or like, you got, I have people that like, I've helped out and that I've grown up skating with homies with have sponsored and shit that don't even, you know what I mean? Don't even talk to me. And it won't be just because, I mean, if I see them in person, they'll act like I'm my best friend. But like, if I like, you know what I mean? Bust a comment on our shit or say something or whatever, they won't respond and they don't follow me or anything like that. Most of my followers are real fan. All of my followers are real fans and customers. And that's how I prefer to do it. I just stay out of industry and stay in my bubble and deal with whoever's fucking with me. I don't go and buy extra followers or anything like that. If you find me, it's because maybe you know my skating or you, even you just see one of my boards and think it's dope. And that's how I want my work to do. I want my work to speak for itself. I don't really want, I've never like even choosing brands to ride for in the past. I've never wanted my brand to represent me. I want, you know, I've always wanted to be a representative of myself. That's why I should have started my own board brand years ago. Cause yeah, I mean, I never really agreed with the presentation of, you know what I mean? How, how skateboarding and whatnot, the, the, the whole traditions of it, it just didn't really like make any type of usable sense to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know what you mean, man. Cause I mean, it's sad to think that, you know, the people that you, that you have personally helped out, you know, with skateboarding and sponsor them and, and get them where they're at now to not show you the respect that what, you know, they wouldn't be there without OJ or what OJ has done. You know, they don't show you that respect and that's fucking sad of them, you know? Yeah. But I mean, I, and, 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 you know, I mean, I'm not the only person that that's happened to, you know what I mean? And I don't, I don't have any kind of sourness towards it. I mean, I'm just so stoked that I'm actually able to do whatever I can. I mean, still, on a skateboard and, and, and try to operate this small ass brand and shit. And just, you know, I mean, the fact that I'm even still here is fucking just a gift to me in its own. You know, yeah, so, I, mean, I mean, you're still killing it, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know there's a lot of people that probably, they're probably making good money doing something that they don't like doing. And they're, they're, that's a lot of dudes that you see getting online talking shit and you know what I mean? Shit like that. And it, you know, just having something that you're in love with that you want to do, whether it's music, whether it's skateboarding, whether, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Whatever it is, even kicking a soccer ball around, you know what I mean? Just, it, it, it helps you revolve. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and you live longer that way. It's just life, you know, instead of doing something where you don't feel like you're alive for fucking 10 hours every fucking day, which adds up to like what 80 hours, you know what I mean? Well, like you feel like yeah, in a week where you you're just fucking in, you know you feel like insane, like you're not even a person. So, just doing, just noting that I'm living, doing what I feel like I'm put here to do. You know what I'm saying? It just feels good to me. I I love teaching people how to skate. 
You know what I mean? That's what I've been doing a lot of. I love skateboarding. You know what I mean? It's nothing I'd rather, nothing else I'd rather be doing. I mean, yeah. I, I'd love to become a coach and whatnot. And I, I think skateboarding, the way it's going, as far as how these guys are getting in such good shape right now, it should be treated like any other sports genre. I mean, because let's face it, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And these guys are taking themselves seriously and whatnot. And in any other sport, who are you going to look to for guidance? Who are you going to look to as far as, you know what I mean, enhancing your technique and doing it the right way? You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, some guys that have experience, guys that have actually done it, instead of some guys that didn't plan it there just because he's friends with someone and he, you know what I mean, got in with one of the judges or worked, you know what I mean, and are not really going doing anything to give skateboarders um, – a life after actual competition or being a top pro or anything like that. So that becomes depressing for a lot of these skaters, not just me, a lot of people in the back of their mind, it eats away at them because I'm not the only guy that would be kind of stoked to be like, Hey, I can go and and coach for one of these teams. And you know what I mean? A lot of these athletes and skateboarders or whatever, even video park coaching. I, I had, when I did tactical manual, I'm, I'm just going to ease into talking about that. Yeah. I, I had, I got, I had a video part coach for that. Really? And, I was that. And, and you know who it was? Who? He was, dude, the guy was 10 years younger than me. It was Matt Brody. Rest no of way. Matt Brody. Matt Brody coached me through my whole part. People didn't even know that, but I got the time. If you knew me, like every day, anytime you see me, I'd always, I'd have my filmer pick me up and then we drive all the way out to Benita to pick Matt Broad up. No matter where we were going, we'd go to Orange County, we're going to LA, no matter what. For some reason, he was like my good luck charm. And he would just, because anytime you bring him to a spot, he had like this crazy spot list where he would show up and he would just nail whatever trick he wanted to get on film. He, he was like a Tom Penny. As long as he wasn't around a public eye, the guy would just do his shit like, within two or three tries and then he'd be done. He'd just be done sitting down like, all right, what you got? What are you going to do? <laughs> put you on the spot, dude. Like you're like, what? And he'd just be sitting there laughing at you. Like, ah, come on, come on, come on. And then that turned into him coaching me through all these tricks and shit. So like he, he was supposed to have my part. My part was his part. In mm-hmm. fact, he was scheduled to have that part. And Steve, he 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 kept talk, talking to Salatani about giving me a part. Steve thought I was too washed up and old to have a part. Are you serious? Yeah. And so my buddy Chris Sheets started filming me. This guy, he's like, he was like filming for like Stephen Baldwin's company, Reliance. Uh-huh. Like he's like this Christian dude. He's super cool, dude. I love him, dude. Shout out to Chris Sheets. Um, I'm still buddies with him to this day, but like. He was starting a little video magazine called Blend, and he was filming me and Rodney Jones, Dane Brummett. We were like his little crew. I remember Blend. I remember Blend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were like his guys for that. So we were going around, and then I got Matt Brody in on that little on, on that little um on those little missions as well. And he was stoked. I mean, because no matter where we took him, like he would set it off. And it would always just be a fucking just bangers that no one could fuck with. And then you had to produce something. So Matt became a necessity for me. And he just was a fan of mine, man. And he's like, dude, I want you. He just told me, he's like, dude, I want you to like put all you have 
in the film. I know you're doing that blend shit, but because I was starting to get on some big, and I was skating the biggest handrails I ever skated in my life at 28. Like I'm, that, that, that was like what? That was like early. It was like 2002. 2002, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2002, 2001. I'm getting on like these 17 stair rails and shit. All of a sudden, Salantani calls me up and he's like, Yeah, man, I hear you busting all this shit. I'm like, Oh, I thought I was washed up. He's like, Ha ha ha. And then, like, he put me on a little program and shit where I was getting paid to film the part and whatnot, too. So that gave me a little extra bump. It was like the I was already on the Flowers Cyrus Flow team or whatever. They were hooking me up pretty really good. Mm-hmm. And then that gave me a little bit more even. So I was able to live and stuff and, and film that part. But yeah, man, he I, every day, like, yeah, I had like I had Matt Brody, like, yeah, look at these spots. And what do you think you I want? I think you can do this here, this there, like that fucking um. And then I, I had one, I'm like, the only thing that like I shot Matt with that he did not think I could do was my opening line. And that was his school. It was like Woodman High. I think it was Woodman. School. It was like way deep out in Southeast somewhere in the cuts. And yeah, it was Woodman. But let's win our Nolly front heel over the trash can. And then that was a a cleanest Nolly front heel over the trash can, dude. I remember that part. He was like, he was like, there's no way you're gonna get one of those over that can. I'm like, dude, I got him, bro. He's like, nah, man, because I did the fifty five zero shove, and he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, that'd be that's a good single to um to throw in with your fifty five zero kickflip. He goes, you just put those in at the same time. I'm like, no, dude, you don't understand, bro. Like, I'm doing a fucking line. He's like, what? There's nothing else here to fucking hit before that. And I went and grabbed this trash can. I'm like, he's like, what do you think you're gonna get over that? And I told him, he's like, you thought I was joking. And that that line took me like it took me like four tries. Mm-hmm. Damn, like, just like I had been doing those on the low like a bunch, but like no one had seen me do any flip tricks like that at all yet. And so yeah, that shit went down. But like I mean, I fucking put my fucking dude. That was the most blood I've ever shed, even more than my first my first video part, that deadbolt part, like that tactical manual part. That technical manual part was sick, dude. I, I do remember that that video. I totally forgot about that one, man. That was I mean, definitely that was definitely my. I, I will say the hands down one of your best parts. I will say that. I think it was. I think it was my best part. To tell you the truth, mm-hmm. to tell you the truth, there was a lot of shit too that I did in there that I knew I'd never do again, like that I normally didn't do, like nollie flipping down. I mean, I had a of good variety because there's a whole bunch of rail shit, but then like. I wasn't a stair guy, but I had a nollie flip down the fucking down Korea. And mm-hmm. like, it was like, I was sick. The only, my only critique about it is that back then the videos were edited too fast. So like, there's a lot that just went by so fast. That was gnarly. Like the one, like even like, and then like I got that, the, my fun, my another, my favorite part about that video is that I got to work with dude, my all time favorite filmer, um, Peter Jimenez. No way. Like, He's like the best dude. He was like he nice literally, he literally could think for me. Like he would take me to a rail spot or whatever, and like all the spots he took me to were spots where like he took Reeves and Reeves didn't get something. So he's like, "All right, Reeves never wanted to come back here. I'm going to take Juice." And then, and so that's why Reeves kind of had a sour taste towards me too. Really, I didn't know that. I but like it was Pete. He was filming both of us, and Pete's like, if you're not going to fuck with this, I know Oscar will. 
And like when I like, remember that I tried the no slide that church rail. Yeah, I remember and that. Now Pete filmed that shit. Yeah. <laughs> and like that was the only time I didn't come through for him, but he was still stoked because he got the slam. Because the slam was so fucking funny that he was like, dude, it's all good. But like he, it was everything I did with Pete, it was almost first try. He would just be like, it was crazy. He's like, dude, this is the perfect rail for you. This is the perfect trick for you. I know you fucking got this. And like, I literally, for some reason, dude, I always trusted his him with spots and just like, cause we, I, I've, I skated with Pete back like when I was in like seventh grade, like before I even got sponsored, like right when I first started, I went to PB Middle for a little bit, mm-hmm. and that's where I hey, first. You, you talk, yeah. talking about PB Middle where the, uh, the bank was and the fence that everybody used to do skating, um, the little flat ground and stuff. Dude, you know what's crazy? Me, Peter Jimenez, um. Um, Stephen Bailey, I don't know if you know him, he's a legend, yeah. and Peter Hewitt all went to PB Middle School at the same time. Wow. Yeah, dude. And then, like, yeah, and so, like, there there was, like, all these backyard pools popping up in PB, and, like, all them dudes were, like, filming for the glowing video and shit. Mm-hmm. And so there was one of the dudes or whatever, this guy, Jim, he rode for Toxic. He was, like, he was, like, the, the low-key, like, competitor to Matt Hensley and shit, like underground SD dog. And so he lived like right behind the school where he had a mini rap and shit. <laughs> and like anytime them dudes would show up, like Alfonso, Jason Rogers and all them dudes would be out and they'd go either hit that ramp or hit one of the pools. Everyone from school would come get me. I was like the Grom representative. Mm-hmm. But they're like, go get in there and show up the big dogs for us. <laughs> <laughs> and that was Pete. Pete would be like, come on. Pete and his kid, Charles um, Size or whatever. They yeah. would always be like, come on, dude. Get over here, dude. Fucking get in there and skate those motherfuckers. Show them what up. And shit. And that shit pushed me to fucking, you know what I mean, to progress a lot, too. Yeah, I mean, when when I moved here, when I moved to San Diego in like 95, 96, and I didn't know anybody out here, and I, and I had a cousin that lived out here, so I walked down to Pack Drive, and I didn't know Pack Drive was there, but I remember seeing Pack Drive back in 401 when Sal walked through there and did an intro, but I remember walking in there, and um, Elliot and Pete put, took me under their wings and got me introduced to everybody, so I, 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 that's how I remember Elliot and Pete a lot. Yeah, you showed up and that when it was still a hot spot back then. It was the only hot spot too. Yeah, so like even if you live like up here in North County, you you try to get down there to hang out as much as you could, just so you could see Jamie Thomas and Rob Durdek. Yeah, PB and, uh, PB was a hot spot back in the day, man. Well, the whole industry lived uh, basically. I mean, just all just because. I mean, it was much smaller. So I mean, even I back then you had like everybody. Pretty much, that was a a note of a reputable pro lived in PB at one time. At one point, like when they were filming for Welcome to Hell, and then you had the Alien guys, like yep. everybody. It was like the you know what I mean evolved around PB, and then with and then our house, me and Kenta. Oh yeah, I remember that house. Kenta wrote for Focus, so then we have we'd have all the Huntington Beach Hasoy guys down like fucking weekly. Like yep. it was almost like they lived in PB. They were like fucking just. It was like just a giant party metropolis of like OB, Oceans or not OB, Orange County, Pacific Beach, and every pro that's yep. like 
getting in the Transworld magazine. Yep. And like you, you had to go to Pacific Drive to hook up with photographers to get in the Transworld at one point. And that was the only place too. you could meet anyone. And it, 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 it got so live there that even if you didn't have an appointment to meet up with a photographer, you could go there and just link up with one. There would be someone's because they know they you'd see skin Phillips or like any one of them dudes, it would just be lurking, like, hey, who's gonna pop up? Yeah, and that, that's why most of them photos were in PB or Sarah or Sarah High School. That was like the only place people would like leave to go to. But all the all those like PB spots and all that stuff, that was all so brand new that you know what I mean? It didn't seem boring at the time. No, especially especially the PB middle with the two hubbas, small hubbas on the side that that Muska killed, dude. Man, oh, oh man, man! No, no, even like before that, like that's that school is significant to me because that's like where I learned how to skate handrails at. Like those blue rails, those yeah. are the first rails I ever got on. And yeah, those so, rails are big too. Um, no, those blue ones that are in the corner, those they're pretty low, but they were like just doing oh, okay. tense okay. rails. Yeah, I know which ones you're talking about now. I yeah. remember now. Yeah, those ones. Like that's like, I mean, and you're not, I mean, I can't believe no one ever like reconstructed that spot. That's like the most perfect setup for like a tech rail. Dude, they I mean, changed it. PB middle is not the same anymore. They changed it. I just that. can't believe that nobody's ever duplicated that and thought about that. Like that was the funnest spot, I think, as far as handrails goes of all time. Like we would just go and skate those things like without filming. Like I did that for years before I even filmed the trick down. Like we would catch, we lived in Southeast Dago and we would catch the bus all like we would ride probably 10 buses all the way across town just to skate those rails. Damn, that's sick. That's how fun that I mean, that's how fun they were because they're like low and they're in a corner and whatnot. And like, man, I seen some crazy shit go down. I remember like just like filming for when, when they were filming from Welcome to Hell, dude. There's fucking probably like so much TV footage in there. Yeah, but there would be like there'd be like 40 or 50 of us there at one time. Because there's so many different hits in that school and shit. And like I remember skating with Alyssa Steamer for like four days before I realized it was a girl. Really? Yeah, because dude, like she's so fucking good. Like I show up and I'm like, dude, this I'm like this Grom all fucking doped up, like dope as fuck, skating like Lavar, like have like a sick Lavar McBride style, and yes, like I'm like, there's no way that that's a I didn't I didn't I didn't even have a thought. I just thought it was just she's just like a skinny young white kid Grom, busting Nolly tail slide fakies down the rail and shit every time, buttery as fuck. And like just cause she was, I mean, she was just hanging out with all the dudes. So she'd be like, yo, what up? Like, I didn't even get <laughs> I was a girl until Muska kind of hit on her a little bit. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing, fool? And he's like, Oh, foolish, that's a girl. Fool. Like, I felt so bad. <laughs> and it wasn't, it had nothing to do with her looks. It was because she was just her style. It was the way she skated. Yeah, it was a compliment. I'm like, just like. So much board control, and like I felt it was out. You were a threat because you're a kid. I'm mm -hmm. like, dude, this little kid is gonna be better. Is like already almost better than me. Like that was the only thing I'm like looking at it as. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And see, I'm, I'm gonna tell the viewers like what what PB is. PB is basically Pacific Beach in San Diego, 
and and that time with me and um oj are talking about it um pb was like huge you had the you had the alien workshop house up on um haynes then you had the toy machine house up on mission boulevard yes. welcome to hell toy machine video era yeah mosca and everyone's just in in dirt egg yep. and all of them are fighting for the uh carl's bad gap cover like that whole era yeah and then i had the i had my own house the porch right there on um on uh was it ingram not ingram uh by right dairy, queen. dairy queen behind dairy queen on mission so i mean it was it was basically like a big skate industry slash party area then you had mission beach where you, you had the you had the um hamels led um bumps over there that everybody went to on sundays and just jammed out and skated the bumps down there oh yeah the classic that was fucking that's be, and that i was mean that was that place was always, even from the 80s, that was like, you know, I mean, the the this go-to stomping grounds for like any big time, like, you know, I mean, pro, pro that's like in the party scene, especially. You end up living down there in Mission. Yeah. Shout out to Gary Navarrete. He's still, he was the only person he's holding down. He's holding down the fort as we speak. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you get out there and see him like in any given moment. Like, he's, he's still a landmark. Like you but, can't even you can't even find Smollett, but you can find Navarrete. Yep, Smollett can pop up here and there. Yeah, and we need to. Hey, I want to, I want to. I'd rather talk about Smollett actually. Yeah, that's another. Awesome. I mean, because he's one of my best friends, and like I'm sure people are wondering about him and shit too. And he definitely needs to be talked about because like, and and just the way we met and stuff, I think is 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 really funny. Well, really tell funny. me, tell me how you guys met. Well, we were, um, I was riding for chapter seven and Mike McGill was like, yeah, I just put this kid on. I'm like, wait, what? You put this kid on? Cause like he didn't ever did, did anything. I went, it wasn't like a spoken thing, but he never put anyone on the team without me seeing their video and like giving the green light. But he just green lighted small like, without telling me or Kenton or anyone. And we had never even heard of him. I'm like, dude, who the fuck is Peter Smollett? I've never heard of him. I've asked around. Nobody knew who he was at all. I, uh, dude, all right. I guess we'll meet him. So we 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 drive out to Claremont. We pick him up in Claremont and shit. And he's just this fucking nerdy ass looking white kid. Blonde like, hair. He's like Coke bottle sunglasses. He didn't even have blonde hair yet. Oh, he didn't. Uh, it was like kind of like dirt. Like I don't know. He had a hat on, but like he he looked like he could have been on the spectrum kind of because he had like these super thick ass glasses. <laughs> and and then like he had this crazy fucking accent. I like thought I'm like, dude, does he got like ADHD autism or some shit? Cause like at first I couldn't understand what he's saying. I'm like, are you from the south or what? And he just he didn't he stopped talking because like he got nervous. Cause like everyone was just tripping on his accent. Like, but he was he was ghetto as fuck. People don't realize, and I I didn't realize it until I met him. Like how fucking ghetto Claremont can get. There's like pockets and there's like different parts of Claremont. The deeper you get in there, the more ghetto it gets. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what it was. Like, there, I mean, that's like one of the first places where they started manufacturing crystal meth. And then, like, it, it even back then, like a whole lot of ghetto families from Southeast would get gentrified over there because of the Section 8 housing. They accepted mm -hmm. Claremont. So it was they, like even back then you had some ghetto motherfuckers over there, 
So that I'm like, dude, he's just kind of hood, dude. Like, that's the fucking accent. He because he's like, oh, don't. All right, well, really, don't. I right. yeah, right, don't. And like, and and, and and it was so bad that look, look, the, the fast forward to when we both got on Etnies. Steve Black, the Etnies team manager, was like, dude, Peter is black. I swear to God, he's not white. He goes, dude, what is he saying? I need you to translate. <laughs> he's like i swear to god and then like a couple trips he went on i swear he was people they'd just be like dude oscar translate i was the only one that can understand them so like i dude like when i met him i didn't like him at all and we took we ended up doing a road trip to fucking texas and he didn't talk to anybody it was me him matt rodriguez i was with all these hams and shit and i just went they had to skate in a contest pete fucking blew it, got last, didn't talk to anyone, came back, same thing. I'm like, dude, why is this fucking dude on the team? Then I started getting kind of verbal about it, asking Mike, and all of a sudden, Dave Sloshbach was always like, what my mentor and shit, and Dave's like, yeah, I'm working with this kid, Pete, fucking been filming some shit of him. I'm like, who, Pete? Peter Smollett? The kid that he's like, yeah, yeah, he rides for you. I'm like, dude, that kid ain't good. And he's like, oh, yeah, if you want to think that. He didn't say anything. He's like, oh, that's just what you want to think. I'm like, what the fuck? And then he ended up, I remember um, Dave was like, yeah, it's funny because he said the same thing about you. But <laughs> 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 well, we have like bad blood and shit and we were on the same team. I'm like, dude, fuck that motherfucker. And so I'm skating, and so Dave's like, yo, meet me at this, um, it was like this double-sided curb ledge thing at Goodwill over on uh, Midway. And he's like, yeah, Brian Lottie's going to meet up with us and shit. We're going to film some shit. And at that time, Dave was, like, talking about doing a company through World where it was going to be, he, it was going to be his company. He's going to have me, Kenton, Jason Dill, Gino, Inuch, all the people he's filming he wanted to put on. Wow. Whatever to start a new world team, and, he, and it almost happened. And that's dude, that, that, that would have been a stick team. All this was of us skating together, mm-hmm. but I and at the time I'm like I was just trying to find out or whatever. But Pete fucking pulls up on one of my boards with the graphics. Fucking, um, he painted over it. You could see my graphic under it, but in, and then he painted. He crossed it out and painted. Peter Smolik, bro model. (laughs) 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 Fucking graphic. I'm like, I fucking hate this dude. Fuck you, dude. (laughs) And he pulls up and just annihilates the fucking crap out of this spot. I I did not see any of this shit coming. And like, these were combos that like, I didn't even, I couldn't even, I didn't even know he's, I can't even tell you what he's doing. Like, you know how Pete was back then and how Pete can get? Yeah. With the fucking, how naturally fucking, he's literally got like, I don't sound like cliche, but like Tony Hawk fucking like ability, like type talent. Where oh, like, he can, like, he can turn a mistake into a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Like, and like, you won't even know it. And that's just how, that's what makes him so fucking good. And like, it was, so, dude, it was so gnarly. Like, I remember um, Lottie was getting into something, and then Pete just starts rifling off all these fucking tricks, doing them, like, fucking, like, every time. Just multiples. Dave just hey, it was, like, a secret weapon. Lottie said, nicest guy on the planet, 
always there with you talking. I've skated shitloads of spots with him. Dude, since that day, he has never been the same towards me. He really? fucking gets in his car and bounces. He lived with Sal at the time, and I would go over there like twice a week because me and Sal were close. We'd skate all the time. And so, like, dude, I went the next time I went over there, Sal's like, dude, he fucking bounced yesterday out of nowhere. He's gone. He took off to like Hawaii. That's when he abandoned skateboarding. He basically had, he had only had like, he was stressing because like he only had like three tricks, but like, they were fucking insane. It was when it was, the, and they ended up in the Plan B video where like they had the blind section. Yeah, I remember that. Backside tail side kick flip out on the ledge. That ledge was outside their house. It was like in the alley in PB outside their house, and it was the cleanest one ever done. I remember him being bummed on it. He was like, "This is like me skating on the Planet Earth Now and Later video, a trick on a curb. I'm just, I'm not happy with that." Wow, he's like, man, I'm not producing. He could tell he was just getting bummed on himself. And at the time, I'm like, this guy can't be serious, dude. He's like, I'm fucking amazing. One of the, you know what I mean? One of the best. I consider one of the best tech skaters ever. And dude, he I, that day he when he saw that with Pete or whatever, he just bounced. And I felt the same way, but and like it was crazy. And so I just sat down and watched the magic happen. I'm like, dude, I cannot fucking believe this. This is fucked up. And then afterwards and shit, we ended up talking and shit and becoming, it was crazy. They guess what the thing that connected us and shit is we had two mutual homies. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to this party. He's like, oh shit. We found out we fucking like one of my super close homies had just moved in next door to him and shit. Oh and, shit! <laughs> and so it was like we it was like, damn, we gotta be friends now. We <laughs> fucking hang out for like that whole weekend, dude. We were in high school, and we neither, neither one of us went home and like partied fucking for like a good almost thirty, like it was like over forty eight hours straight. Just ended up in PB and shit, and like, dude, we like did, it was crazy. We were like separated at the hip after that. And I'm like, dude, I can't believe we're actually like homies now, dude. I'm like, fuck, when's the next trip? And he goes, for who? I'm like, what do you mean for who? I'm like, Mike, I'll have him send us somewhere. He goes, uh, oh, shit, fool, I just quit yesterday. That's, <laughs> that's why I painted over that board. I'm like, whoa, fuck. <laughs> So you paint over the whole time. The whole time you're thinking you paint over because of you. Yeah, no. He was like, I quit. He's like, I just quit. Like before that session, I just quit. So and I needed a board. So I I still just put that board together, but I painted over it. And he's like, Nah. He's like, He he quit for that company, and then that ended up being Voice. Like they, because like it didn't go through with World, so he started Voice. I remember that. Yeah, but like it was crazy, and like it was just weird because like every since that moment, like me and Pete were fucking the tightest. You know what I mean? As tight as you could get. Like from then on, yeah, because because voice then then he left voice, went to shorties right after that, dude. And the funny thing about that one too is like I remember like like because that's when I, I helped Muska sign this shorties contract and all that. He had never seen like or dealt with any kind of money. He went from being homeless to like overnight like shorty's fucking sit them this fedex and this crazy contract and the fast forward through all that like when it, it started i was still riding for someone i was either entity yeah, i was a star entity getting paid and he was putting the shorty's team together or whatever 
And I was on their bolts. And once they started making boards, Entity was like, you can't ride for shorties hardware. They're making boards. Everyone got all mad at them. What? So, yeah. But I was still hanging out with Chad. And Chad was like, yeah, um, I get to put my own team together. He goes, I want to fucking get, like, just some unknowns or whatever. He goes, I want just someone that fucking nobody will fucking like or whatever. And I'm, he goes, dude, I really want Brandon. He didn't even, like, want Pete at first. I had to talk him into smalling. He really? was like, he wanted Brandon, and we were skating. Me and Kenton had been skating with Brandon because my little, who was like my little cousin, Jamin, he's literally like almost blood to me. He was like, he had just quit skating and started rolling. He would wrote his ride for chapter seven, mm-hmm. and out of nowhere, we were going to drop a video when he quit skating and started rollerblading. What? And so we fucking were so mad at him that we, and Brandon started skating with us. So we started taking Brandon to his spots to do all his tricks. And that became Brandon's voice part, like all the gaps that Jamin was supposed to hop down, but he got he got scared and didn't want to do them. Like Dave, it was Dave Sloshbach, like just finding all that shit. He's like, "You're young, you're small, jump." This is where skating's going. And Jamin got scared. He just fucking ranked out. So we came across Brandon. And the first time I seen him, he like couldn't even ollie up a bench, but like could switch kickflip down Montgomery stairs, six stair every time. Damn, like, that, that six year is nice too, man. Yeah, like, and he was he was like fucking like five years old. He was like five or six years old. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he just is, and you can tell he's a little prodigy. Like he was like, I guess he had been on like a poster with Alan Iverson at the time or whatever, mm-hmm. too, and just moved over here from Japan. And like you could just tell there's something special about him. So like he'd be out skating with me and Kenton all the time, and people, you know, what I mean, we'd have him at Plant Loma. And all the toy machine guys and shit, they ended up seeing them there skating with us. Out of the blue, I'm talking about riders. Here's Musk's plan. He goes, I, he goes, I already put Steve Olsen on. The minute I got the green light, like, I fucking called Steve Olsen and put him on the team 30 seconds later. Well, Steve Olsen's a legend, dude. That dude's sick. Yeah, he's like, that was my, he's like, before I even, he's like, before I even really got on, I knew I wanted Olsen on. <clears throat> so he goes, but. He goes, the only other person I want is Brandon Turner. He wanted Brandon to actually be like, even get him in and turn him pro as a kid, probably. Damn. And shit, yeah, he goes, because he got, he was like, they, he's like, yeah, they, the only person I let them put on that I didn't authorize was Sam Baptista. And he's like, really? I don't know him or whatever, but he's like, I let him go ahead and slide with that. But I want the kid I put on, I want him to be pro. <laughs> Damn. But then I told him, I'm like, dude, like you're not gonna get um him and him and fucking smog or a package deal. And he's like, Yeah, Peter's good, but you know what I mean? He he like turned because he had already did a pro board with voice. Mm-hmm. And so people thought that Peter turned himself pro kind of, which he didn't, Dave did. Yeah. And so he's like, people are gonna look at him like he's not a real pro. I don't know if I should do it. And I'm like, dude, look at the big picture and look at like his style. And just like what you could market him as, dude. You need a gangster ass motherfucker, dude. Like, you know what I mean? And you're fucking down here in Dago too. You got to get the hardest motherfuckers out of Dago on there. That's those two. He's like, yeah. And he's like, you. I literally, I talked him into that shit. Though. Like he, he already wa- he wanted Brandon first, and he wasn't sure about Pete. And it, it went, it shifted. It was like, wow, Pete is the fucking guy. Like. 
And he actually probably sold the most boards out of all of them, believe it or not. Who, Smolik? Yeah. Yeah, of course, dude. Everybody loved Smolik, man. Like, Smol- that people loved and hated him, what he wanted, you know? That, and then his graphic, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, like, anywhere we'd go, if, if Muska was in there, I mean, they'd see him. They're, new, they're like, is that Muska? Oh, Smolik, fuck yeah. Like, yeah, you know what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, either way, dude, like, they're just fucking hyped on him, dude. The funniest thing, though, like, and the, the most genius thing about Pete, I think my favorite part of his is guilty, even though most people won't just because I know what he was doing because I was there with him, uh-huh. <laughs> partying with him. He, like, hadn't skated for, like, two years. He just partying all his Osiris money away because rock star life with the Federals. You know the deal. Yeah, I know the deal. <laughs> and hadn't even touched the skateboard in, like, over a year and a half. Yep. And then out of nowhere, just came and just ding that part. Just came and just. <laughs> but like the way it was edited and how gangster it was and shit, I, I think it was ahead of its time, dude. With nah, the graphics and all that shit in there, too. Yeah. No, nah, definitely it was. I mean, Pete, I mean, what people don't understand, Pete. At that time, when Guilty Before Guilty came, he barely skated. You know what I mean? You, you barely saw him on the board. But when he did get on the board, he fucking murdered it. Mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. Like, he totally just murdered it in one day. And then he, he'll film a whole part, basically, in one day. And then and then he'll, he won't skate again for another month or whatever, you know? Yeah. Some people just... And it happened to me. You just... You get so good at something or whatever. And then... You feel like so much is expected of you that it's just hard to like be regular about it and say, "Oh, let me go and do some grinds and have fun." And you almost gotta like sink to the bottom and not do it for a while and start over again or get hurt or something to to rebuild that appreciation. I mean, that's what happened with me. Really? I mean, was it? Yeah. I mean, once I, I, I mean, I got right after or after tactical manual, or whatever. Like 2004, I ended up blowing my knee out. I couldn't skate for like three years. And I even before I blew my knee out, I just wasn't having fun skating. I'm like, go and do my best 10 tricks and be like, all right, that's it. I couldn't, I, I was the point to where I didn't want to learn anything else or skate. I then like, I, it, I got planted into like, you know what I mean? What the industry expected. Okay, they want to see flip in, flip out, handrail tricks. That's it. Cause they would tell you automatically, like you need, it's gotta be at least 10 stair or it's not going in the video. There's all these standards for like, yeah, tactical manual and all the videos. And now, and, you know, I mean, you couldn't like do what you do now, just be yourself and like, you know what I mean? If it's on a curb, whatever it's on, if it looks cool, we're using it. It wasn't like that. Like there, and like back then, that's kind of how I thought, like, and that's how I skated. I always like, I, li- I moved down, I lived downtown and I moved down there so I could skate hills. And I was skating a lot like how people were skating now back then. But, like, they would ask me to skate a different way for the video because that was how they would they could market the video. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they didn't want, like, any long lines or anything like that. And, like, that's, like, all I do now. Like, that's all I'm in. It's got to be in a line. And, you know what I mean? Just, I, oh, I do a trick. I'm they're like, yeah but the gap wasn't big enough. I'm like, dude, but it was caught perfect and it fucking is clean and it looks good. He's like, 
we're not really shooting for style. We want to fucking get hammers. Hmm. And so that, that whole era, that's what got take the fun out of it for a lot of people. You know what I mean? You think you think that was, you're talking about the zero? The oh, and then it, and then it evolved to that too, where you know, I'm and then even with Matt, like I remember going out with Matt Brode and like he had these crazy tricks, and he's like, yeah, he would just do them and not be stuck. He's like, dude, I've done like a hundred of them. Fuck, that's all I can do. Yeah, I, I like line skating, dude. I think line skating is the. As, as, as more, I get more stoked on line skating than some dude just do a single trick down a handrail. Just, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's rad to see, but, you know, I'd rather see someone do like a line and do go down and jump down a handrail or something. Cause I, to me, I, it, does, it doesn't it, – I mean, back at first it was cool, but, like, why is the same kick, flip, front board, the same grind 10 years later is going to be cool? I mean, it's just why, – why would you want to look at skateboarding in the same way? years later like oh it's got to be like playing a dart you got to shoot it and do that you know what i mean there's so many like different reasons to appreciate it it's just like music mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it, you, and and you know what i mean skating different stuff even like why would you want to even as a skater why would you want to i i feel the beauty of skateboarding is it's ev- forever evolving like even as a skateboarder you evolve into an older skateboarder that skates a different way, but you're still skating. That mm-hmm. I think is is I'm more impressed when I see that in a skater than like the guy that's like, yeah, I'm gonna make sure I'm riding the same seven seven five board, and I can still do the nollie flip flip <laughs> with my balding gray hair that I did fucking twenty years ago. I still got it. Yeah, flip up crook. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like no, I I personally I. I used to like to watch the older guys skate when I was younger because I'm like, dude, they, they, it looks cleaner when they do it. It just looks like they mean it, you know, like, like they, they grind their stuff longer. It looks cleaner and it yeah. looks like they mean their skateboarding. You know what I mean? Like, like when you see a guy that does a trick and it's hard, but like, it's just him doing a trick. I mean, I'm not talking about fake style. I'm just talking about when a guy holds his tricks good and, and, it, and it's casually done to where effort is not even an issue and he doesn't even have to think about the way he's going to land. It just happens naturally. And you know what I mean? You know, it's being done because it's being felt like that's, that's, kind of, that's what I've always looked at in skateboarding. You can tell. No, I know. I know definitely what you mean. I mean, that's what I did when I was, you know, exactly what you said. I used to watch all these old school skaters, like old vert skaters in Pensacola that skate and stuff like that, because the way they skated was so clean and different. You know what I mean? And and that's what I took skateboarding as is the same way too. You just go no, out. No, but besides that, you, even the imperfection of it was clean. Mm-hmm. Like even like who my all time probably my all time skater favorite skater Gino. Uh-huh. Like he's not trying to to fucking be dope. That's just how he naturally rides his board, and that's how he stands on his board. And half the time, his fucking clips are sketchy, and it makes it look better when oh, it's comes it, out. No, like when, but you know what I'm saying? Like he's not the most aesthetically clean skater. Like if you think about it, like his foot comes off, and it makes it look better. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. natural. Like my like two of my my favorite street skaters. And they're both from fucking East Coast. It's him and um Quim Cardona is always oh, another one. So and, and it's just so raw. It's just straight from the heart. You can tell. He's like a I look at skating like 
Like, cause I, I used to be a break dancer and I look at the same way. Like you're just going out and it's like on some, you know what I mean? You're just expressing you physically. It's physical expression. You know what I'm saying? And like, it's, it's, it's what, what you do in the hood instead of fucking, you know what I mean? Gang warfare and whatnot and killing people. That's what they, that's why they create it to, to save the urban youth from, from violence, from harmful violence, from all the stuff that's happening right now. You know what I mean? People don't have a physical outlet at all and they don't see the importance of it. And so it's there, the aggression's there, it's human aggression. It's always gonna be there. But if it's exercised in a good way, you have something like skateboarding or something else like that, that you're in there. You know what I mean? You, you tend to be a lot peaceful as people. You know what I'm saying? Yep, no, 100%. Like the average human wants to engage in combat verbally and physically. I mean, more verbally than physically, but just is it just fills the need to combat to, to, to you know what I mean? It's because they feel that aggression inside of them and, and that's their way of exercising it. It's almost like pain that they need to get out. No, definitely. I know what you mean. And, and, and to what you're saying is your two favorite East Coast skaters, mine were – my my one East Coast skater, I always have to say, was Jamal Williams, and my West Coast would have been uh, Matt Hensley. And I love how they yeah. skate. Yeah, dude, Jamal is always always something special too, man. To me, like he, I remember seeing him for the first time um, when I went to my first pro contest down in. Uh, I had never seen him in person, and it was at um, Shut Up and Skate the first time I went down there. I was, I was like I was like fourteen, mm-hmm. and um, he's the first person I've ever seen do like a. Uh, he it was like an over ten foot long frontside tail slide on a ledge. Just held it forever. This is back in nineteen ninety. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I mean, sliding something, especially a tail slide, over ten feet long back then. I mean, it sounds basic, but like nobody did that back then at all. No, no especially in the nineties, man. No, you did like an ollie tail stall. It like stalled. That's it. <laughs> I mean, or you know, you got like a slappy nose slide, and it wasn't that long unless it was down something, but just on the ledge, a good, powerful walk in, and, and then he fucking pop ollied out. Just the type of skating that you'll see now, and you'd be like, that guy is a fucking skilled pro. Like, that's how he skated back then. Yeah. And nobody else had that kind of control yet. It was weird. Like, guy. And him and, and like you know, I mean, you had a few other people, like yeah, Mike and shit. But like, yeah, man, that he he always definitely stood out. Yeah, I like his style because 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 it, it's like what two were you saying? He had that sketch that not want to say sketchy style, but it was just that like that style that like stoked yeah. me or stoked you. You like oh, Gino? It's because you know? he's, he's from Boston, man. I hate that's just why I hate Boston so much because <laughs> every every skateboarder from Boston is fucking like super as a prodigy is like has like abnormally i mean you name any of them and they're a pj lad yep i mean it's it's all of them dude there's a bunch of them there's a bunch like even then there's a new kid hill joey hilbert he's the same thing oh yeah that that dude's insane he's ridiculous dude and they kind of fucking like i don't know if they kind of have a similar like look to them that boston fucking look <laughs> and they're always fucking kind of dickish, dude. Like they're always, and they because they know they they have the best sports teams, the best skateboarders, and they're just like, "Fuck you, we're fucking better than you, Boston. We're better." Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hey, okay, you gotta have that Boston accent. Fuck you. Yeah, we're fucking better than everything. 
get the fuck out the car. <laughs> yeah. Like they just in, in like it, yeah, I'm fucking Wait, hold on. Is it Rob Wells from Boston too? Oh, yeah, he was my teammate too, yeah. And yeah. I used to get in with it in it with him all the time. Um, because I'm always rocking my SD and he's like, Why are you gonna rock that? I'm like, because I'm from Dago, motherfucker. He goes, If I was from San Diego, I'd be a Raiders fan. Fuck, he would he always try to hit on the Chargers and SD. I'm like, dude, I don't give a fuck what you say, dude. Rob like, Wells is another good skater too, man, from the East Coast. Yeah, amazing, dude. Ahead of his time. We he rode for Entity with me. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, dude. He's fucking legendary too, man. Yeah, so definitely is. So one of the questions I want to ask you is is skateboarding now. How do you feel about all these people turning pro, but they didn't go through the way that you turned pro? You know what I mean? Like going contests and earning it. But the only way they turn pro is by how many Instagrams or or yeah, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even, at this point. It doesn't even matter. It's almost like better if you don't turn pro. Like the guys like Dylan Jade that try to avoid it, they seem to last the longest. It, and and you can. It's weird, man. It, it doesn't really mean as much. I mean, it's almost like just lacking up a, a, a badge, a homie, a badge of like being in a club or something more than like you're actually pro. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because most of it, like 90% of the time, the guy's not getting paid anything. Technically, that's what really makes you a pro. So it it, it it depends on your situation and who you ride for and whatnot. But, you know, most dude, a lot of these kids don't even want to ride for board companies. Like, you, do, you see dudes like Versace Plug in them and, like, yeah. a lot of kids out there that are, like, they may they might come from some money too, so they don't really give a fuck. They just happen to be really good at it, and they just want to do it. They're like, I don't even care. I just want to like post up and fucking drop some steez, dude. I don't really give a fuck. Like when people try to like really hook them up, they don't even care. Yeah. And like it's weird, man. Like a, it's it's completely different. Like even like the way a lot of these big companies sponsor people, it's like. They only they look for like influencers more than like this guy's terrific on a skateboard. He's amazing. So let's fucking give him a pro model. It just doesn't work that way anymore. Now there's so many people that have are turning pro left and right. I'm like, like know, with me, it the way you earned it or with, other with, people earned it. With, you know, with my board situation, it's like I, I you know what I mean, and that's why I don't put my name on my boards. I don't really see the importance of a pro board, and I, uh, with me. I want the product to sell because the product is fucking great straight up. You know what I mean? I just want you where you see the product and it sells itself, you know, like you just, you're going to see, you see my boards and you, you know, the minute you look at one of my boards, you know, that's a great fucking skateboard without even having anybody else's name attached to it. You know, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and because, because, you know, people will try to use that against you sometimes too. They'll try to be like, oh, Oscar's naming a company after himself, which it isn't. It's just juice. Yeah, yeah it happens to be my nickname, but it was given to me by a special person, Jake Phelps. You know what I'm saying? But it's not like I'm naming it after myself. It's just a, a name that I like. I think it fucking it's basic and it goes for apparel or boards. Just juice. Fuck juice. You know what I mean? I just like the name. And it's something that doesn't really need an athlete attached to it, like, oh, okay, this guy, blah, 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 rides for that. 
it. You know what I mean? If you're into it, it's because you like the name and you like the way the product works and looks. Mm-hmm. It speaks for itself. And a lot of these companies, they they want to, um, you know what I mean? They they want to like create a certain following or, or get a, a certain, you know what I mean? It's it's all because it's all social media driven, and they're going after the young guys. For me, I'm not even going after the young. If some young guys like my stuff, great. I don't even make a board under eight under eight inches, and I I prefer to ride shapes, and so I, I'm trying to. I'm trying to influence a mixture of older and ni- um, older 90 shapes with a newer, with what sizes are current now. Because most people like to ride at eight and a half or eight and a quarter. So, hey, some like the old school shapes. Yeah. Why not have those sizes, though? A flippable street, a street skatable size with a shape. Yeah. And that's what we offer here at Juice Boards. You know what I mean? Like exactly what I I didn't see going on in skate shops. It's weird because people told me I was crazy about it. And now you're seeing a lot of other companies doing it now, like jumping on a bag wagon and doing them. You got primitive even doing them. Well, you, you, know, you, you, know, never, you know, the industry is copycat. So if you did something six years ago, they're going to claim, it. oh, we did this this year. We started this new thing. You know, And even the wood shop I dealt with, I, would t- I was trying to get these ships made year, like over 10 years ago. And they're telling me I'm crazy. Like, you know what I mean? Why we cut that meat of those boards? No one's going to want that. That's just like a risk. You know, like, fuck, dude, I don't know about that. And now everyone's doing it. And uh, I- I'm stoked on just how it is right now because I-, I think a lot of shops are actually hurting skateboard. There's some that aren't, but then there's a lot that are. You know what I mean? Where, like, they don't even, they, they will only buy from, like, the big companies. And yet the big companies are the ones that can't get boards because they want to buy too many boards. Yeah. And the wood shops would rather sell to smaller companies like us because we're not sucking them dry of their inventory. You know, you know, OJ, when I had a shop, when I had my own skate shop, it was called the finest skate shop in St. Pete mm-hmm. um, many years ago before I did TS for me and Carl did TSM media. Yeah. And I, I, in my skate shop, I never carry, I barely carry big brand, big brand boards always did. You know, like welcome skateboards when they first came out, like smaller brands. I did KO stuff like DGK and stuff, Expedition stuff. But I mean, I always carry like smaller brands. I carry Jamal Williams Company Hops. I carry like a lot of smaller brands because that's where I I knew ten years ago, or when my shop was open for like ten years, that that's where skateboarding was gonna go. And everybody made fun of me because they're like. Dude, you got Roger skateboards. Who the fuck is that? Heroin skateboards. Who's that? You know what I mean? Like I carried yeah, all those brands ten yeah. years ago. You know, back in like two thousand five. It seems like I like I, I'm stoked on it because that's how it was when I started in the eight, like in the eighties. Remember, all the brands were like it. It was like it how it is now. We're like, there's a you had a couple major Santa Cruz, Powell, same exact guys that are around them now. And then every other brand wasn't even a real brand. Like even Eighth Street was never a real brand. No one even knows that. Like they had an office at one time for like less than a year, where they had the mini ramp and shit. But that yeah, shit was yeah. just like what we're all doing now, just on a computer at someone's house on a fax machine. Actually, I I would go over to my um the Eighth Street house and and they they had the team list was made was on a ta- was hit up on a tax ma- on a um fax machine hmm. yeah and a typewriter <laughs> like, yeah it was typed <laughs> yeah. on a typewriter and then duplicated on a fax machine 
And yeah. it was the whole team list and everything. And then their whole, like, if they, you know I mean? If they sent you a box or whatever, it was just written by, <laughs> by hand. And like, they didn't have like a structured like business going on. You know what I mean? At all. They, um, they had like a investor guy that had a wood shop out in, um, Riverside somewhere, George, the, he was the Middle Eastern guy. And he would just make the boards wherever, you know, I mean, they would get orders in or whatever, but it would take them, they wouldn't fill them right away at all. It was just like how any sketchy situation is now. Yeah, but, and, and that's how and that's how we are over at TSM Media. I mean, Carl works out at his house. I work out at my house. Everybody else works everywhere else, out of their right. house. You know what I mean? Like, why do we need to spend the money on, on a, on a, a, a studio or, or a warehouse or, or office or anything, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, unless you're really pounding out that much, that much fucking, then yeah, you got that much inventory and it's moving crazy like that. Then oh shit, by all means. But if you don't need to do it, then why? You know, exactly. I mean, you're doing it out of your house, and and you know what I mean. Like shit, they call you, they'll call you up. They respect some like salesperson, but it'll be no, it'll be OJ answering the phone. What's up? What you, what you need? What kind of boards you need? You know exactly. And, and but the thing is, it's it works better for them because they end up getting it like, and they get way faster service that way. Yeah, I mean it means more. And even like with all the big teams having to break down, I mean, I don't know how these guys realistically think that a brand can go and pay fucking twenty dudes to ride for it. And you know, I mean, for years. And just pay out all that money, pay employee overhead and rent and have a travel budget tour. You know what I mean? And do all this shit off of selling skateboard decks. Right. You know what I mean? And let you know what I mean, and, and have that a big giant team. And and it's like, what is the importance of being on a, you know what I mean, on a giant? It makes it not seem as as you know, what I mean, as special when it you're on a giant company team that's like that like even with um it looks like the whole fa they got a whole bunch of dudes on that they got like 50 dudes yeah and it looks like it's slowing down i mean they're having warehouse when you see when you see people having warehouse sales that's not a good sign oh no it's not yeah that's that means they're trying to keep the lights on i heard they they were they were throwing boards out for like two for 30 bucks yeah and and but you know you can't be selling jackets or t-shirts for like 80 dollars you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'll be a for 80 bucks. Shit. That better come with a stripper, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? But you know what I mean? It, it, the, the guard always changes. That's why being at the top like that is the scariest place to be. Because, yeah. you know what I mean? The guard always changes, like, no matter what. No, if, you, if, it's, if, you, if you're in it for the long haul, you know what I mean? It, 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 you find your flow and you find your lane and stay in that. It makes it easier to enjoy and that's that's the way i look at it hey that's how me and carl look at it too we're just having fun and love what we're doing man we're not in to make money we don't give a shit you know as long as we're long as we're helping people like you and and these upcoming skaters and you know these musicians and stuff like that that's what we have fun doing that you know likewise but i mean and that's the good message you guys give that you know i mean you don't have to look at it as like skateboarding or anything else we're all doing as like something that you do just to be in your prime at it you know, you you, you want to do something you love and do it as long as you can. Yeah. Your whole life. And you know I mean, people like musicians and artists, you know what I mean? They, they, they find a craft and they do it their whole life. And those types of people are the happiest people that live full lives. You know what I mean? Stress free. No, I kind of agree. Well, OJ, before we take off, where can people get juice boards at? 
So you can hit me up at juiceboards23.bigcartel.com. Or if you want to get a specialized size and shape to your customs, I can even do a little bit of graphic enhancement as far as colorways for you and whatnot. We can chat back and forth about it through my DM at Juiceboards on Instagram. You know what I mean? I got a couple other ones, Juice Boards, no capping, but just hit me up. As soon as you throw Juice Boards in there on Instagram, I'm going to pop right up. You know what I mean? We're all about having a good time around here. We, we like to have fun. We like comedy. So when you go on that Instagram, you're going to see a whole bunch of funny stuff. You can get some good laughs. Yeah, yeah, I like. I hate, by, the way, by the way, I like White People Wednesday. That shit's hilarious. <laughs> and, and all that necked out Monday, we got it for everybody. You know what I mean? That's our whole, our whole message. You know what I mean? Is that we're all the same. We're all funny, and we're just looking at human relations and and acknowledging cultures, all cultures, and, and acknowledging the humor and the beauty in all cultures, white, black, Hispanic, and all. You know what I mean? I I grew up. My best friends, you know what I mean? My 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 super, my super OG, you know what I mean? Best friends, you know what I mean? Second family, the Marquez family. Steve I. Marquez, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Right now, you know what I mean? So I have a lot of a lot of deep, deep, deep hearted love for my Latino, my Raza brothers out there. You know what I mean? A lot of it. And it comes straight from the heart. And so, you know what I mean? That being said, you know what I mean? I'm here to just you know what I mean? Block the divide I see going out there. All you see is a lot of hate. When the election time props up, you go on social media and you just see a whole bunch of division being pumped out there. You see people trying to do and and put propaganda out there to make people be at each other's throats. And that's the type of shit that just makes the world a chaotic, irrational place, our country in particular. And that seems to be a whole lot of what we see going on right now, especially with social media. So if you want a breath of fresh air from all that, you want to see, you know, I mean, things in the true light, how they really are, come fuck with juice boards. You know where we're at. Hell yeah. So you hear that, guys. Go pick up some juice boards. If your shop don't have it, go hit up OJ up at juice boards. He'll take care of you. Get yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, that. All right, OJ. Hey, thank you for round two. I think you gave some TKOs out there, punched them out a little bit. I hope I did. I hope I did. All right, homie. One more thing. What you got coming up for 2023? Anything good for rest of the year? Um, Got some board designs and whatnot. I'm going to try to get, surprise you guys probably with a little um tribute to one of my um legends I'm hooking up right now, you know, and having Dave Coyne repping the program for a while. Ooh. David Coyne. Huge fan of Osiris Dave. You know what I'm saying? Anybody that doesn't know, do your history. The Storm, Maple Black Cat, all that. This cat's got history, man. He's yes, a he legend. Does. He's chilling out there, repping out in Columbus, Ohio right now. And he's still ripping hard as fuck. So I'm really, really, really excited about him. I'm going to try to bring a couple of amps onto the program and stuff, too. I'm looking at some people. Anybody, you know what I mean, that's got a good style, that's got a good attitude, and some shop connects, holler at me. We'll see what we can do. And, and where can people send their sponsor tape to you? I'll look at you. Just, you just slide in the DM. I'm, I'll skim through your shit. You know what I mean? That's all you got to do. Throw me a nod. I'm a, the minute I see you, I'm going to look through your shit. 
it takes me like five seconds, man. You know what I mean? Straight up. I got that expert eye. That's all it takes. You don't even need to sponsor me, Tate. Because I'm going to make you refilm this shit rocking some juice boards anyways. You got to go. up. You got to be kitted up if you repping this shit over here, you know. I'm going to yeah. make sure you, you, you're suited and booted up properly with proper attire to get shit done right. Damn, you're rhyming right there. I like that, OJ. Yeah. That's normal, man. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, hey, guys, so make sure you, if you don't know about round one, you can check it out on episode 48 of OJ's round one. And then you can go back and listen to round two to get the rest of, of the TKO punch out of this episode. But, sure. uh, but OJ, thank you so much, man. It's always a privilege to talk to you and, thank and you, man. chit chat and stuff like that. But we'll definitely link up on June 21st at Prince Park, man. I'll be there. All right, homie. Well, take care. Thank you so much, OJ. Yeah, likewise, man. Peace. All right, late. Late.